Good morning, brothers and sisters of the Ask Us Nation. Welcome back to the Ask Us Why podcast. It is a beautiful Saturday morning, and I hope you're having a great day. Got a great episode for you guys today. We are continuing our Proverbs series where we're going chapter by chapter, day by day, consistently through the entire month of September, going through the book of Proverbs. You've probably heard of the uh, Proverbs in a Month Challenge where you just do one a day. And um, usually I do a month where it would actually line up with the days because there's 31 Proverbs. There's only 30 days in September. So we're technically going to just seep a little bit into October, but that's okay. We can make do with it. But it's going to be a great episode today, you guys. I'm excited to to jump into this one. This one uh, is this takeaway is something that I think you'll find very relevant. I feel like I say that about each of them, but I hope that they all are. I would hate for one of them not to be relevant at all. <clears throat> some are more than others, but this one is, this one I think we're all on the same page with, and it's actually pretty good timing because we are within, I think, uh, 60 days, 60 days of some, some, uh, some big political uh, votes and tension. And this is going to be a little bit about politics today. But before we get into that, let's just go ahead and read the chapter and uh, then we'll pick up the verse and we'll talk about it. And as always, if you have your Bible, whip it out. Let's read through it together. I'm in the ESV version. Um, But if you're driving and you can't pull out your Bible, that's okay. But I strongly encourage you to make sure you're spending time writing your own because it is so muy importante. All right, let's do this verse one. Be not envious of evil men, nor desire to be with them. For their hearts devise violence, and their lips talk of trouble. By wisdom a house is built, and by understanding it is established. By knowledge the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. A wise man is full of strength, and a man of knowledge enhances his might. For by wise guidance you can wage your war, and in abundance of counselors there is victory. Wisdom is too high for a fool in the gate he does not open his mouth. Whoever plans to do evil will <clears throat> will be called a schemer. The devising of folly is sin, and the scoffer is an abomination to mankind. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Rescue those who are being taken away to death. Hold back those who are stumbling to the slaughter. If you say, behold, we did not know this, does not he who weighs the heart perceive it? Does not he who keeps watch over your soul know it? And will he not repay man according to his work? My son, eat honey for it is good and the drippings of the honeycomb are sweet to your taste. Know that wisdom is such to your soul. If you find it, there will be a future and your hope will not be cut off. Lie in wait as a wicked man against the dwelling of the righteous. Do, oh, sorry, lay not in wait as a wicked man against the dwelling of his righteous. Do no violence to his home. For the righteous falls seven times and rises again, but the wicked stumble in times of calamity. Do not rejoice when your fam, when your, (laughs) this is tough, you guys. This happens sometimes. Uh, Do not rejoice when your, oh my gosh, I almost said it again. Do not rejoice when your enemy falls, and let not your heart be glad when he stumbles. Lest the Lord see it and be displeased and turn away from his anger. Fret not yourself because of evildoers, and be not envious of the wicked. 
For the evil man has no future. The lamp of the wicked will be put out. My son, fear the Lord and the king, and do not join with those who do otherwise. For disaster will arise suddenly from them, and who knows the ruin that will come from them both. These are also the sayings of the wise. Partiality in judging is not good. Whoever says says to the wicked, <laughs> whoever says to the wicked, Whoever says to the wicked, you are in the right, will be cursed by peoples, abhorred by nations. But those who rebuke the wicked will have delight, and a good blessing will come upon them. Whoever gives an honest answer kisses the lips. Prepare your work outside. Get everything ready for yourself in the field, and after that, build your house. Be not a witness in, against your neighbor without cause, and do not deceive with your lips. Do not say, I will do to him as he has done to me. I will pay the man back for what he has done. I passed by the field of a sluggard, by the vineyard of a man lacking sense. And behold, it was all overgrown with thorns, the ground was covered with nettles, and its stone wall was broken down. Then I saw and considered it. I looked and received instruction, a little sleep a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. That last section between verses 30 through 34 is really cool. We're not going to talk about that, <clears throat> but of course, you know me, I like to bring up other things just because I want to, and God's word is so cool. And it really has to talk about not just the idea of the the sluggard and what he does, but even more uh, observing the behavior of Solomon and that he, quote, saw and considered it. He looked and received instruction. And a lot of people, I don't want to, I don't want to claim all people, but it, it, it's a pretty common uh, suggestion by the world to ignore the voice of others and what they say and the warnings that they give. And they just tell you, just figure it out for yourself, right? Like not everyone fits the same mold. And there is truth to that statement. But there are a lot of times where someone warns you not to do something, not to get into a relationship with a certain person, not to be unequally yoked, not to do this, not to do that. And we don't want to heed to the advice or we don't want to look to others who have already done it and observe from them and learn from them. We'd rather just figure it out ourselves. And a lot of that comes from just arrogance and ignorance and wanting to avoid um, harder decisions in life. Um, but right here, Solomon makes the, the, the case that he, he saw and he considered and he looked and he received instruction. And so uh, a little mini takeaway for you guys is if you're someone who uh, doesn't look and receive instruction from those around you and try and learn from those who have already made those mistakes or have made the right decisions about things, to start to consider more of that, to look around you and look at the way people act, behave, the choices they make, where they are in life, what are they doing, <clears throat> and even find people who are doing the things that you desire to do and look at the choices that they made to get to there. Not necessarily the bad choices they might regret, but more on the side of like the, the positive choices that they made because you can learn a lot just from looking at the example of others and saving yourself a lot of pain or a lot of time or both. What we're going to be talking about, though, is about apparently your family, no, your enemy, and not doing wrong against them. But the verse we're going to actually talk about is verses 17 through 18 instead of um, the, voice, the voice, the verse that I was quoting, which is just a little bit farther down. 
um, which would be uh, verse 29. 29 says, no, it was not 29. A little bit farther back. Anyways, here's the point. Uh, oh, no, it was 17 when I said this. <laughs> As you can tell, my brain is a little scattered today. Uh, so verse 17, I'm just going to read it back again in verse 18, and then we're going to jump right into it. Do not rejoice when your enemy falls, and let not your heart be glad when he stumbles, lest the Lord see it and be displeased and turn away his anger from him. Now, can you think of anybody in the Bible who exemplified this well? Like, is there anyone that comes to mind? And, uh, I mean, sure, you could say Jesus, but is there anybody else you guys can think of? I'm going to give you a second. Thinking, thinking, I'm thinking. Did any of you think of David? So if you don't know the story of David, King David, he was uh, crowned to be the successor of King Saul. And he was at a very young age when that was, um, he was uh, anointed to be the king, but he wasn't yet given the position of king, but he was young. And this is when he had battled against Goliath and he started to win favor among those around him. And Saul, knowing that this kid was going to succeed him as king, basically his heart was turned to stone and he basically became an enemy to David and wanted to destroy him. Actually, like actually kill him. And so you kind of see David in this position where like he has an enemy out for him and David's done, done nothing to wrong him. Like David didn't come and ask to be king. He was just told he was going to be king. Like he stood up and fought against the Philistines when no one else would. And he became an example for those around or a leader to look up to. But he didn't ask for this. And Saul basically continually pursued him and drove David into the wilderness, into caves, into other foreign lands because of his anger and his jealousy against him. But all this time, all of this time, David never hated Saul. He always had a reverence and an honesty and, and a respect for Saul, even though he was doing these things against him. There's a beautiful story of where Saul traps him in a cave, or at least he thinks he's in the cave. Saul goes into it, and David somehow sneaks next to him, cuts off a piece of his robe or of his clothes, and then after Saul walks out, then David comes out and shows the, the fabric and says, like, I cut this from, from your robe. Like, I cut this from you. I could have killed you, but I chose not to. I am pleading with you to stop fighting against me. But the entire time, all the way up to his death, Saul continued to pursue him. And here is the, the, biggest, the biggest banger, okay? When Saul died and David discovered of his death, David wept. He lamented. He was just destroyed by what had happened. But like anybody today, any anybody, I swear, anybody today, even including myself, I feel like if if our enemies were to pass away and or or like leave us or fail or in some sense, we would celebrate. We'd be like, oh my gosh, thank the Lord. If we were physically persecuted and people were coming after us to kill us and those people were killed, we would rejoice in those things. But the scriptures tell us to think otherwise. Like Jesus also set this great example, right? He he asks in, I believe it's Luke chapter 20, uh, I want to say 22, but Jesus, it's whenever he's, he's on the cross and he says, Jesus forgive, or Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. 
And so he asked God to forgive the enemies, even though they were the ones nailing him to the cross. Uh, There's a commentary that said that Caesar, like Caesar wept when Pompey's head was presented to him. And he said, and this is in, I believe, Greek uh, or Roman, it would be uh, victorium valui non vindictum, which basically means like, I wanted victory, not revenge. And here's kind of where uh, I'm, I'm kind of leading this thought is we're getting into a season where politics are starting to get up. We're, we're coming up with midterms here in a couple of months, which is basically just for a lot of positions that will dictate where the House and the Senate, the two major parties that, that divide up the Congress, um, will be voted on for a lot of positions. And so <clears throat> for news channels and for a lot of these um, outlets, politics is a lot bigger now. That's going to be the main topic of discussion. And a lot of people, all they're going to do is just bash the other side. They're going to bash them. They're going to just say the worst things about them. They're going to take things out of context. Uh, Their goal is to destroy them as much as possible. And one thing that I personally experienced recently, and I've seen this a lot, and I'm sure it's going to continue, and it's been happening for a long time. So this is nothing new under the sun. But there was a video of Joe Biden where he was uh, at some speaking event. And basically, as he finished speaking, he thought for some reason he was supposed to get off the stage or that he was done and needed to walk off. So he started walking off, but then uh, he kind of got lost in his, I mean, the, the dude is old and he was definitely confused. Like the man, the man should not be in office simply for the sake of health. Like that is a major concern. Um, but the video, I mean, the dude looked lost. And they continued speaking and they were saying like, thank you, President Biden so much for this and and coming out to this and all this stuff. And he's just looks like he is just out of it. But I saw a bunch of different videos where people were dubbing over it with like this like circus clown music or with um, like robot sounds of him or just whatever it is, just things where it's basically like we're seeing President Biden failing in his health. And so many things. And even if you disagree with his policies, even if you disagree with what he does, like our posture towards him should still not be one of celebrating when he fails and when he falls and when he stumbles. Like the scriptures are clear about that. And we just make an entertainment out of it. It is for fun. We just celebrate. We will share. We'll make our own. We'll make our own sayings, whatever it is. But it's like our goal is like to watch the person of the opposite side fail and then like capitalize on that moment. And that's not the heart of God, like not even close. You're allowed to disagree with people and not agree with their their um, their policies or their their values or whatever that thing is. There are many things you are allowed to disagree with, but the way in which we care, carry ourselves as a posture towards those that are in leadership position and those who are enemies, quote, enemies of us, those that are opposed against us, it should still be one of love. Okay, I wrote this little um, uh, three-part statement here. And um, it says, anyone who is not of Christ is considered a natural enemy of the cross. Like that is that is just a biblical, they're considered children of wrath. We were all considered children of wrath when we were away from Christ, when we did not know Christ. That is our natural relationship with God. This is a key element in understanding the gospel and the beauty of it, okay? So the second part is we are called to have a heart like God's for those who are enemies of the cross and love them. 
And then the third part of it is, therefore, our posture towards our enemies should be a deep lament and prayer for their soul rather than a celebration of their losses. Even for people like Joe Biden or Donald Trump or for whatever political side you take, wherever you are, like when you see those who are, quote, opposed to you that you consider to be an enemy of your ideas or any of those kind of things uh, or your beliefs, like we have an opportunity to love them, but we see them at this surface level um, uh, kind of perspective where we just think it's about whatever is on earth. But those people are considered enemies of God, which means they are destined to hell and they are far from Christ. And so our posture towards them should be one of lament, one of prayer, of constant like love for them and wanting them to come to Christ. Instead of us making videos that mock the political leaders of us today, why don't we pray for them instead? Like, why do we have to go after political leaders of either side of the spectrum or whatever person it is and just destroy them? Like, why can't we love them like as we are called to do? I'm just going to read the verse again. It says, lest the Lord see it, that is being you rejoicing and being glad of when your enemy stumbles and be displeased and turn away his anger from him. Think about that. If the Lord sees that you are rejoicing in your enemy stumbling and falling, he might potentially remove his anger and judgment towards that enemy of yours simply because of your pride and arrogance towards that person. Like we need to have a heart where we are all on the same playing field and we see through the lens and eyes of God that every single person who is separated from Christ is destined to hell. And unless they come to Christ, they're, they're going to spend eternity separated from the love of God. And that should be our heart. Like that really should. And that's kind of the reflection slash takeaway for us. Um, the reflection is more for you to think like, who are your enemies? Like think of just someone who opposes and makes an effort to attack you, whether that be emotionally, physically, mentally, psychology, psychologically, spiritually, um, and then how do you treat them? What is your posture towards them? Maybe not your actions, because maybe you could put on a front on the outside, but where is your heart deep down? Where is your heart towards them? Is it is it towards them in a way of love and of lament and wanting their soul to be saved? Or is it one of like anger and bitterness and resentment and wanting uh, nothing but the worst for them? Like where, where is your heart posture towards them? Here's some ideas of a few different areas where these people could be in your life. They could be people at work, people that you don't get along with or that you don't like, or they don't like you. Um, sometimes that can really happen where someone just is a part of your team or a part of your department or just works side by side with you. And they just straight up are not your friend and they do not like you. Maybe you don't even know why, or maybe you do know why, but regardless, like, do whatever you can to live at peace with them. And if you've done wrong against them, like obviously seek forgiveness in that. But for a lot of the times, people will still have hatred towards us for maybe our, even our just our beliefs. But like we can can love them in those situations. Uh, it could be family members who despise you or hate you. I personally have family members like that where uh, if you disagree with them, they will completely cut you out of your life and they uh, will reject you and they will slander you and all those things. And I could either meet him at that level 
like meet those people at that level or, and, and like consider myself a fool. We'll talk about it in Proverbs 25 actually tomorrow, but like I could either meet them there and like stoop down to that level of just, um, like speaking, uh, poorly and, and wickedly and like of their demise and wanting to, to basically just attack their character and who they are as a person and just have this all out brawl. Um, or I can love them and love them well. And even though that they despise me and they hate me and they never want me to talk to them again, I can still pray for them and, and cry out for their souls to be saved. Uh, it could be political leaders. Like these could be people that not necessarily are within a personal relationship with you, but are someone who is someone who uh, has opposing ideas, uh, whether that be political or philosophical or just like your core values, whatever those things are, but they like stand against those things and they fight against those, right? Um, so those could be considered enemies as well, enemies of the cross, enemies of the gospel, and those could be considered our enemies too. Anyone who is opposed of, like we are a part of um, like the the army of God, right? And if we are a part of God and his side, then anyone who is opposed to God is considered an enemy of us. And so that's why it could be political leaders. It could just be someone who despises the faith. Whatever that is, they are considered enemies of God and we hold the same position, but we have the opportunity to love them. Um, and then it could be uh, even people at school. Like if you are in school right now, it could be someone that you know, someone in your class, whatever it is. Um, but it, it's not as, it's like weird to think like enemies compared to like if you're in a, a, a country where there's a lot more political tension and there's other countries that are going after you, like Ukraine and Russia right now, like that's a clear example of like enemies. Um, but we don't really have that as much today here in America, but there are still plenty of examples of those who we technically see as opposing to us uh, or a threat to us and uh, our posture towards them is, is a lot worse than where we should be. So that's where my takeaway is for us today. It's going to be a little bit more simple. Uh, maybe there's an opportunity for you to see this if, if you're ever on social media. If you're not, then there might be potentially like opportunities in person. Um, but just stand up against those who mock and celebrate the failures of like our political leaders. And this primarily as in primarily, it fully only applies to us Christians because we can't hold those who are not believers to the same standard as us. But I will say that there are a lot of conservatives, I follow a lot of conservative accounts out there who will talk Jesus like out of the blue. You're just like, wait, hold up. Like you actually, you are a Christian? And they'll be like, yeah, I'm all about Jesus. But then the next thing you know, they are just destroying or making fun of political leaders of the opposing side about what they do. It is just about putting them on a, on a pedestal and just throwing tomatoes at them. And we as believers should do better. And if we are truly in God's word and we truly are seeking after the heart of God, then these things should become like relevant to us. Like we, that we should receive revelation of those things because of God's word to us. Those should be made known to us because we're abiding in his word. But I guarantee you a lot of these people that are conservatives that say they follow Jesus are not spending time in the Bible. They sure they maybe go to church on Sunday, but then the rest of their week, it's in, it's in the battlefield of so, like you know, social media and politics and um, news outlets and all these things. And they consume so much of that and so little of the gospel that it, it really does pull their heart away from where God's heart is and what he desires from us. And so if you're someone who was like me a couple of years ago when uh, tensions were high for uh, the presidency, and there's a lot of things going on, uh, I was very quick in haste to 
uh, jump on platforms and have these dumb debates with people about my views, their views, all these different things. And it really just did no good. And I was supporting a lot of accounts that were really just attacking other people. And it, man, looking back on it, it was really foolish. And so I just want to challenge you, if you're someone that's like that, to repent of that mindset and to think and meditate on Proverbs 24, verses 17 and 18. And if you are someone who is not like this, um, or you're maybe passive in it, or you didn't really have a stance or anything, um, this is a chance to take a stance against these things, where you see this as wrong in the body of believers, where we are called to hold each other accountable and to judge we need to take a stand and we should do better about how we choose to treat those who are enemies of us and come at it with a sense that we care more about their soul and where they're going to go forever than necessarily their four-year political position. That's where our heart should be. I'm going to pray us out real quick and then we'll get to our Saturday. Lord, thank you for your word. I rejoice in the ability to read and to know your word and for the Holy Spirit to be with me uh, as I am discerning your uh, truth. And I pray, God, that our hearts would be postured towards your heart when we think about our enemies and how we choose to treat them. And I really pray that we would take this to heart, that when we see enemies fall and stumble among us, that instead of rejoicing, that we would lament, that we would mourn, that we would uh, desire for them to come to know you, because that is ultimate transformation. That is the ultimate victory in life, is for people to come to the cross and to give their life to you. And so I pray for that. I pray that our hearts be like yours. Um, convict us in areas where you see us to be having hard hearts um, in places where we have um, closed ourselves off to wanting to love our enemies because of either bitterness, pride, ego, arrogance, uh, whatever it is, Lord, would you just wipe us clean from it and give us a new heart and renew our minds every single day. We love you, Lord, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. All right, guys. Have a beautiful Saturday. I hope that that was helpful for you guys in some way or another. It was for me. And uh, share it with your friends. Share it on social media. That's always super helpful. But always, if you can, if you haven't already, subscribe for all our uh, episodes and leave me a review because it's super helpful. And the more reviews we get, the more people find and the more I can reach uh, those who need to hear more of God's word, who hear a lot of opinions out there, who hear a lot of um, topical things but just don't get a lot of God's word in there. And I really hope that I can, can help try and solve a little bit of that problem. I'm not the only podcast that does this, but I will say that I've listened to a lot of podcasts and for the most part, I don't see a lot that really just tries to dive in the word. I see a lot of quick stuff, but nonetheless, I love you guys. You guys are freaking awesome. You the best. Uh, keep killing it. Keep growing the kingdom. And um, I will see you guys on la manana. Peace and blessings. Peace.